0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Two Black, Two Nerdy podcast. I'm your host, Chris.
1: And I'm your host, Chris.
0: And uh, yeah, Chris, you can go ahead and uh, just introduce our guests and we can go ahead and get started.
1: Yes, today, so we have a special guest for you all uh, here to talk about his upcoming Star Wars novel, Shadow of the Sith. We have Adam Christopher. Welcome, Adam.
2: Hello. Thank you very much for having
1: me on. Yeah, thank you for coming. Really excited to talk about this book, if anybody that's followed my TikTok hasn't already told.
0: (laughs) So, uh, Adam, the first question we always ask everybody, uh, new comes from the podcast, is um, what was the first uh, nerdy thing that you ever remember yourself uh, getting into? It doesn't have to be Star Wars. It could be anything from your childhood, you know, anything you watched, collected, etc.
2: For me, it was Doctor Who. So... Um, Mm. I grew up in New Zealand in the 80s, which was kind of great because New Zealand television was 10 years out of date. So what we were getting on TV, like from the UK, was was 70s Doctor Who, which is like the best Doctor Who. So I was kind of growing up in the 80s watching John Pertwee and Tom Baker as the third and fourth Doctor. And, you know, Doctor Who has got this big, tradition of like literary fandom if you like so the target novelizations and the books and and things that went with it it got me into reading and and writing um and collecting so i collected the books and i read the books and then i wanted to be a writer because i wanted to write my own doctor who stories um this is when i was like probably seven years old Mm -hmm. um in the kind of mid 80s in new zealand so yeah i mean this is it's all happening at the same time as things like star wars and uh transformers gi joe mask you know all the good stuff um but i think i think doctor who was the foundation for me
1: i, I can definitively say i've seen two doctor who episodes my friends have, have started me on it a couple of weeks ago uh they started okay. off me off with david Tennant.
2: Oh, cool. Right. Well, it's like, if you like it, you have got a lot of stuff to watch, man.
1: Yeah, that's, that's,
2: that's <laughs> what I've heard. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, so how did, how did you get involved with Star Wars with, with writing it and, um, you know, getting, getting picked for this book?
2: Well, I'd always, um, wanted to, to write a Star Wars story. Um, you know, I've been a published author for actually 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew, you know, this is again going back to the Dr. Who question. like the first books that I was reading and I grew up reading and that I wanted to write were basically tie in fiction. So, like, Dr. Who books. So, um, that was always something I wanted to do. And I had managed to get a couple of novels for uh, a TV show called Elementary, which is the uh modern day sherlock holmes uh with johnny lee miller and uh lucy Liu, set in new york city which is like one of my favorite shows and i i got a couple of novels for that because my publisher in the uk who were publishing one of my um space opera series they also do tie-ins and i kind of just happened to fall into that because i i like heard a conversation and um that's kind of how things these things work so I I wanted to do that, and I really enjoyed it. Like doing the elementary was really used a different part of my writing brain to to other stuff. Um, you know, because you not only do you have to write your own book, but like you're also using characters that people love. You know, in a and you're setting it in a universe that already exists, mm. which is really cool. So from then it was like just sort of working my way to it you know um star wars is kind of top of the tree really um you know i was going to conventions you know things like san diego comic con new york comic con and just like meeting people and talking to people um i managed to get a backup comic strip in or comic strip, a story in idw's star wars adventures But now I think about it, so that was an eight page backup strip and it was using a character, um, Tally Lyncher from this, from the sequel trilogy, Mm -hmm. because they needed a sequel trilogy uh, character. Um, But I actually think, now I think about it, I got a short story in the first, from a certain point of view, anthology, Um, that was, what, 2017. so I think that was actually before the Star Wars adventures. And then I did another short story for the next from a certain point of view. Um, yeah. And then I was just kind of like, it's just a thing of like, like, it sounds really boring. It's like just being around and like hanging <laughs> around, talking. I did a novel for Stranger Things, oh. um, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Yeah. So that's Jim Hopper's kind of backstory. The thing about that book is that it's Delray and it's basically the team that that do the Star Wars books, Um, same editorial team. So that was like, okay, I've got to do a really good job on this book because like if they like it and they like working with me, then that's
1: kind of like a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's the ticket right there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I did that book and and yeah. Um, And then I... So again you play the waiting game and then i got an invite to do um a, a book for the mandalorian um original novel which was going to be cool and then we just kind of had to let it go uh but they had like the other book was shadow of the sith mm-hmm. um so i was like i was sad that mandalorian went away but then they gave me this one so like in the end i, I think it turned out okay
0: So, you um, I mean, you were kind of mentioning, uh, you know, the men lore a little bit earlier. So, out of any char- so are there any characters that you haven't had a chance to write in the Star Wars universe, and you would like to write sometime in the future, or someone you're like, oh man, it would be cool if I get to, you know, use that character in a story again.
2: Um, yeah, it's like, so I've done obviously Luke and Lando, which are the two for me the two big ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love to do Vader the thing about vader is like you know people who are watching um obi-wan kenobi at the moment on disney plus like their their portrayal of vader is so amazing mm-hmm. that oh yeah <laughs> it's like i don't know what i like to try and match that and, and you know come up with something that is just as good as that is because that is like eye-opening for hell um i mean i say vader is awesome because he is but also he's evil so mm-hmm. He's like the ultimate. I mean, he's the ultimate villain. Um, so he would be terrific in a book, I think. Um, but apart from that, like like Star Wars is one of those things. With it, the the creative canvas that you've got is so huge. You know, because there's, I mean, obviously there's the movies, but now we've got, now we've got a movie every week on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. virtually. Um, and then, of course, there's comics that are really kind of doing their thing as well. There's such a wealth of character and story to kind of pick from. Um, you know, when I was a kid playing with the action figures, I used to love things like the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back because they look really cool and the that classic Star Wars thing where you see them for like 10 seconds on the screen and that's it. So when I was like playing with the action figures, those are the the... The ones i love because i could create the story that went with those characters you know we didn't get any backstory on bosk or ig88 or orlam or Zuka's or whatever you know only read boba fett um a little bit in the original trilogy so for me it's like this is the classic thing of star wars like what what character that, that is like super cool but is on screen for five seconds mm-hmm. um so like it's 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 already an existing character, but like you get as a writer, you get to create it yourself. So, kind of like the best of both worlds. So, I'm sure there's some, like, <laughs> I'm sure I can make
0: a list. I think it's awesome. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I know that with, I think with um, the expanded universe and now canon, you know, it's just a lot of characters that get fleshed out from the ones that we know to. Uh, the term of endearment, Glup Shadows, that you know, people will, uh, you know, people will read one thing and be like, "Oh, that character is so cool," and then just want more of that content. And I think that's one yeah. of the best things about uh, the universe. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, I think anybody that that's paid attention to your Twitter, uh, Mike Chins and Kirsten White, over the past several months, as it your books have approached and have come out have seen how you all talk to each other and if anyone's read brotherhood how both uh you know they might recognize the name of a couple of jedi that are mentioned because they're based off of uh you and kirsten white so how has that process been working with them uh in working on books that are set in uh separate stories they're not inter uh interconnected but uh that you all worked with each other so how did that process work
2: um for that it was really like a kind of um secret author support group uh, <laughs> because it was mostly you know you get you, you sign up for a book and you can't tell anybody because you know you sign all kinds of agreements as you'd expect um and it's the same with any book it's not just Star Wars so he kind of like trying to find out who's doing what and and but you can't just ask people, hey, what Star Wars book are you working on? <laughs> <laughs> because you also, you can't tell them what you're doing either. Um, but it's one of those things where like authors are authors and we're all detectives and we figure stuff out. So it really, the three of us was like a little back channel support thing. For me, it was less about the story because my book was really disconnected from the um, you know mike chanted brotherhood which is you know, uh prequel trilogy and kirsten's one is like padawan that's like even further back mm-hmm. uh, so they could they could do story tie and stuff whereas i was like <laughs> do my own thing so it was more just the the kind of the support group because there's a lot of pressure when you're writing a star wars book um you know which is not to say that it's not pressure you can deal with because we're all pros but also you like kind of want to geek out a little bit because you get to write a star wars book that's like cool um so yeah and it's just it's kind of fun you know you always need to have a kind of little outlet um for this kind of thing you can't you know we're good at keeping secrets but um you need to be able to talk to somebody sometimes yeah but it's cool and it's like made really great friends and um you know we got to hang out at star wars celebration um a few weeks ago uh yeah and like you know brotherhood so the thing is the brotherhood's already out shadow of the sith's coming and then um, padawan is like later on in the year august i
1: think so yeah what a cool spread of books that is yeah uh star wars book fans are, are getting fed i i read brotherhood loved it i've read shadow of the sith twice loved it <laughs> um i'm looking forward to padawan we're also getting princess and the scoundrel oh, yeah, yeah um yeah. it's a good which, year for books, right <laughs> yeah, I, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, there's a Lando throne bachelor party for Han. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, that'd have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then whoever throws Leia's, and I ho- I want Hondo to crash both of them. Oh, man,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but I think now let, let, let's let get into the, the main course of the book. Um, I think I have a rather interesting story when it comes to, to this book um because two weeks before it was announced i made a tick tock saying like we need the story of like you know lando searching for his daughter you know we we, we get uh they don't really talk about in the Rise of skywalker film but they talk about it in the novel by ray carson and then two weeks later you know they they you know the star wars twitter account <laughs> like they announced it on star wars this week and i'm like just call me Christradamus. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so then i reached out to you and i was really uh excited to be able to get to uh the the digital advanced copy uh that i i think i don't know if i told you how fast i read it but oh, yeah. i read it in just under four hours wow
2: it's yeah. a big book too that's what it, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: i did not put that down like if i was uh i think i went to the movies i can't remember i think i went to go see dr strange and right. my brother was driving and I was just reading. And then until the <laughs> yeah. movie started reading, then it started, all right, done. Credits roll, read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this this book uh, takes place like 14 years after we see Lando in Last Shot, starting his new life with Kasha. You know, in that book, he's a businessman, but we've seen Lando be a gambler, a scoundrel, a general mm-hmm. war hero. Um, But now he's a father, so how did you uh, write Lando in this newest, most important challenge of his life?
2: Yeah, it was kind of interesting because clearly it's at a point that we've never seen before, or we've not seen much of. Um, And I really did it from the point of view of, if you think of the old Lando from um, Royal Empire, I guess um and some of the sort of expanded universe and in, in the comics and things. Where and also the pe- you know, people's perception of what who Lando is. So he's the as you said, he's the gambler, the scoundrel sometimes, the kind of the businessman, the entrepreneur. Um he's always got a plan, he's always got a scheme, he's always got a trick. Um but he's the charmer and you know he's always got a smile for people. Mm-hmm so what would happen to that character if this kind of tragedy happens where like he's starting a family and he has a daughter and then the daughter is kidnapped so like what would that do to that kind of person that we know Lando is but not only that Shadow of the Sith is set sort of six years later where he's been searching for his daughter but clearly hasn't found her so not only has he had that kind of turmoil um you know his life turned upside down with the kidnapping but then like he hasn't succeeded he hasn't found it so then what would that do to him and his mindset so you know while still while still making him recognizably Lando Mm Carizian. um so in a way it was kind of not easy but there was definitely a direction to to take him in you know when we first see him in Shadow he's He's gambling in a, in a bar. It's like it's not a cantina. It's like a slightly higher class mm-hmm. establishment. It's like you know, this hierarchy of,
1: of uh, classy drinking joints. Lando um, only does classy. Yeah, he's, yeah like he's <laughs> not
2: cantina, he's the next, you know, next step up. So, yeah, but like he's, he's drinking and gambling and he's winning. Um, and he's got that charm, which is all really his way of coping with what's going on. So, you know if his life is out of control essentially he is very much he's, he's very easy to be drawn back to the old ways and the old habits because he's in control there like that is his familiar um, situation and he can't control what's going on in the galaxy but he can control the game at the table and whatever plan he's got for the you know for that meeting to what you know is. He, Is he going to scam somebody? Is he going to do a business deal? That kind of thing. It's like this is very much his thing which he can control and it makes him feel safe. But he knows that he's drifting and he also knows that this is just his way of dealing with things. You know, he's trying to remember his daughter and he's you know repeating her name to himself all the time because he wants to find that fire within him again in order to fight her because like he would but also it's six years later and nothing you know six years is a long time and, and he he's exhausted all his um you know all his roots of inquiry and, and things mm-hmm. and the trail's gone cold so there's a lot of sort of emotional um development for for a main sequence a complete sequence main saga character you know just is Lando People like Lando and Luke and all that, you know, you can't really often change them or develop them very much because they're all part of this huge storytelling mythos. Okay. Um, but I was really lucky with Shadow because of where it's set in the whole timeline and because of what has happened to Lando and Luke, there's an opportunity there to actually kind of um, develop his character in a, in a different way that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um So, yeah, but, you know, having said that, he's still Lando Calrissian, like, he's the Lando that we know. Um, He's still got the style and the charm, but he's got something else behind that now um,
1: that he needs to deal with. Yeah, and that's all true, and if you want to see how it's done, you know, read the book. (laughs) We're, we're going to keep this relatively spoiler-free just so, you know, if people are on the fence about it or haven't yeah. finished it, that they can, you know, get more time, excited yeah. about the book. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, so I think you already sort of answered the the next question. Uh, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, um, but given that this is six years after his daughter is taken, what? Uh, when you work with the Lucasfilm Story Group, are you given specifics about how uh, an event like that happened? Or um, do they give you uh, some information, but, you know, they could keep it vague for a story later down the line?
2: Yeah, I think the idea really is to keep everything open um, because who knows what storytelling opportunities sort of come up. Um, in the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary, um it talks about how you know the first order had been kidnapping the children of the old um alliance leadership so that's kind of all we know really uh, i think there's a little bit in the rise of skywalker novelization but it's it's quite open left open which is good because then it's like it means that if someone could come along with a good story mm-hmm. you know you can tell that and especially you know for shadow of the sith that's it's almost, I'm not saying it's not important, but like it is background mm-hmm. uh, to the story. It's, it's an important thing for Lando, which is well, super important for the book, but um, yeah, maybe that story will be told somewhere, somewhere else.
1: Yes, that that's the one thing about Star Wars, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, what a lot of people are talking about Kenobi, because Darth Vader is just like, a sense of presence I've not felt since. And walks away. We can have the Kenobi show, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris,
0: you want to take the next question? Um, yeah. So, um, you've talked about how you came up with uh, da- uh, Dathan and uh, I'm going to pronounce this the wrong way. Uh, Miramir, how do you how do yep. you come up with uh, Kadara?
2: Um, yeah. Well. I- uh, yeah <clears throat> unfortunately I cannot claim credit for Kadara uh, that came from Lucasfilm but it's really cool like whoever whoever invented it uh had a stroke of genius because you know it's clearly based on Lando's original name from the original original drafts of Star Wars where he was it's like Lando Kade or Kedar Kada. um so Kadara is amazing I mean perfect
0: yeah, definitely. So I got to use it. And like it's
2: the first time it's been used um for anything. So that's cool. So like I didn't yeah, I didn't create it, but like I get to use it, which is you,
0: you gotta know, be the first be one.
1: Yeah. I know for me, like, so I'm a big Avatar the Last Airbender fan. So, you know, it, it was it's similar enough to Katara that I was just like I mean, and I, I love yeah. her as a character. And so I was yeah. just I just automatically just merge the feelings. And I was like, all right, <laughs> give it, give me that story, find her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I, I, I remember when they dropped the first excerpt and uh, you know, one of my friends would like text me. He's like, they dropped the first excerpt of the book, go, go, go. And so we read it and everybody's, you know, we're, you know, Luke's on Exegol, which is already wild. And he's fighting these, you know, these, these, uh, these, shadow realm ghost type thing and everybody's like wait what's going on here and then (laughs) he gets saved by none other than anakin skywalker as a force ghost and how did uh was that how how did you choose anakin first of all because it could have been ben it could have been yoda
2: yeah Uh,
1: anakin i think obviously people love anakin especially you grow up with the prequels and you know people were clamoring for it to see him in the sequel trilogy So how'd you land on Anakin?
2: You know, it just was one of those things. I did, you know, I did a very big outline for the book, as you always do. Um, And that's the stage where you put in stuff that you really want to do or you think would be like super cool. You know, always expecting them to say, no, you can't do that. You know, I'll take it out or do something else and like that was in there and I was like yeah no way like that whole thing even going to Exegol or or having a vision of Exegol even the seeing stone in Tython was like "Mm, well they're gonna cross it out they didn't so I like it was like fine let's go for it and I kind of wrote that I have a feeling that was one of the first things I wrote I do I write books in order some, some authors will really chop them up, but I do write everything in order, except for if I have a really good idea for like a key scene or something, then I'll do that. At least like a draft of it first. And then I can kind of slot it in and then, you know, make it all fit together later. But I think there's that scene and um, Ochi's scene where he gets the dagger with the two that I had already, the kind of the first ideas I had of just like a start, more just a visual thing. Um, because the whole thing I had in my mind when I was writing was I wanted this to be a really kind of cinematic, um, epic kind of book, you know, because it's right in the middle of that period between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. This is like episode 6.5 for me. So if it's going to be episode 6.5, it's got to be a big story. Mm -hmm. Like this has got to be the movie kind of thing. Mm Um, so uh luke going to having a vision of exegol and then being rescued by anakin it's all um quite visual it sounds weird it's a book right but and everything in the book is visual because that's how you write but there was just something i could really see what was happening um yeah like anakin like yeah what a moment to 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 do and also to have that picked as the first excerpt i was like Mm. people are going to go wild for this I was oh, like yeah. but like what was the other thing? That was the first excerpt and like you know, when you, you when you write a book you, you're writing on your own and then of course it goes to editorial and all that kind of stuff. But you're never really sure what people are gonna think. Um, you just kinda hope that they'll they'll get what you're trying to do. And yeah, that excerpt was like the first clue I got that um maybe it was not a good thing.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I... Uh, you, I'm in, in, in several different Star Wars discords, and and uh, you know, I'm on TikTok and Twitter, and I everybody was going wild. Uh, that's amazing, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those moments where the fandom has a united front, like,
2: what?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to find a way to uh tease the fans for sure. Um, yeah. So you know, in, the, in this part of the story, you're kind of seeing Luke, you know, between Return of the, the Return of the Jedi, and then when you see him again uh, during the Last Jedi. So, um, can you talk about where we find like Jedi Master Luke, and like kind of where he is, and his journey, and where his head is at at all?
2: Yeah. So um, again, it's like Lando in a way because this is a period of Luke that we haven't seen much of. We've seen a bit. There's like a, there's a comic, The Rise of Kylo Ren um there's a couple of books kind of thing but um we really we see him in the at the end of the Mandalorian season two when he goes to rescue Grogu that's the kind of Jedi warrior mode you know when he takes out the um whatever those things are called I can never remember what they're called it's Some dark, troopers. dark troopers something and then we see him in the book of Boba Fett where he's training or trying to train Grogu and that's like the other side of him. That's the peaceful, serene kind of Jedi Master. So, for Luke, even a few years further on in Shadow, um, he's he's balancing those two sides of being a Jedi. Um, so at this point, he's really kind of involved with trying to rebuild the Jedi Order. You know, he's rebuilt his temple. He's training younglings um he's been searching the galaxy with uh law santica who is a um member of the church of the force which is a kind of different thing um so yeah he's got these the kind of that dual not personality but the dual aspects of the warrior and the teacher so that really helps inform his character because he at this point he's like the most powerful person in the galaxy basically That anyone knows of but he's also aware of that in himself but by being aware of that kind of power he's also aware of the dark side and what that kind of power can do if you take the wrong path because you know he's got the ultimate first-hand knowledge of the dark side and what happens when that power corrupts you know his own he's got a whole family legacy of this So all through the book, and at this point in his life, he's like really, he's got this amazing self-awareness and he's constantly judging kind of what he could do and what he should do in any given situation. Because, you know, sometimes the easy way out for someone as powerful as him is actually not the right thing to do. So he's got this kind of bigger picture mentality um, or what it is to be a Jedi, you know, and at this point he's kind of, I mean, he's training New Jedi, but he's the last Jedi, you know, mm-hmm. um, as the title of the movie says. Um, so yeah, so he's kind of, you know, Luke Skywalker is a really interesting character because even in the original trilogy, there's like three versions of Luke. So you got, you know, the, the farm boy in um, A New Hope, like Mm -hmm. who saves the day and then in empire he's like the really competent rebel officer and pilot and like he's doing his bit while trained to be a Jedi and then in Return of the Jedi he's the Jedi master and you can see in those three films like completely different sort of characterization because Mark Hamill amazingly can kind of put that character in the three different very different phases Mm -hmm. just within the original trilogy so to to kind of take that forward we then see the jedi warrior mm-hmm. and mandalorian we see the jedi teacher and book of overfit so then put all that together what is he doing um you know how many years 17 years later um so yeah so he's kind of like he's it's the characterization of awareness of himself and of, of the galaxy and what he has to do uh really drives his character in the book.
1: And I, and I think this ties in into this next question um, that pretty much every character that we follow in this book uh, has hope, which is one of the prevailing themes of Star Wars. So, you know, uh, Dathan and Miramir uh, hope that their family is going to be safe and they can be together. Lando hope for reuniting his family. Luke hope with the future with his students, especially one particular one that I'm going to not say, as, a, you know, not to, not to spoil. Yeah. Um, and, and even Ochi. Um, you know, he a re- hope for a renewed purpose um, yeah. post the emperor's demise. So uh, I think all the, all those stem from a different source, but they all want essentially the uh, a, a similar thing. So how do you approach writing that from four or five different perspectives?
2: Well, I think it's one of those sort of organic things because, like you said, that's a theme of Star Wars as a whole anyway. Star Wars is kind of about hope and redemption. They're kind of like two key themes, among many others. So in crafting a, a new Star Wars story, they just kind of exist there anyway. Um, and especially, you know, the brief I got was to write that story that Lando tells Ray in The Rise of Skywalker. That he and Luke were chasing Ochi and for a wayfinder, didn't find him. Like that's that was the brief. So we, knew, you know, I knew the position that Luke was in. I knew the position that Lando was in. So like you said, they've got they've both got kind of hope and and are looking for something uh, different things, but that's the same kind of theme. And then on the other side, Ochi has a, you know, he's obsessed with Exegol when we meet him. Uh, and has been for years and then he gets the kind of chance that maybe he can get back there so that's his his hope driving him and uh, Kaiser who's kind of the other villain um, also wants to get to goal for different reasons mm-hmm. and she has her own hope which is escaping the power that that has come over her because she knows what it's doing to her but she knows that she can't escape it Mm-hmm. so she's got her own thing as well her own hopes so yeah the kind of it's just really organic for that story because the story is yeah you know, it's a quest story it's a mission story everybody is is aiming for something um you know, dathan and Miramir, like you say have hope and a quest you know everyone in the book has a purpose that they're trying to um kind of reach uh, which makes a good adventure story, I think, especially one like this because it's like you know it's a galaxy. I knew it was going to be a, a chase, like it's a galaxy hopping, planet hopping, multi-multi um, act
1: <laughs> uh, story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, and and we can talk about Kaizo a little later, but yeah, I think when you you you're looking at the different characters. Um, and how they're interacting with each other or near missing each other. Um, You can definitely see how similar that they all are, even the ones that are, you know, like Kaisen, Ochi, who are not people you want to root for (laughs) in in terms of the overall story, but characters that you definitely want to see where, where it's going with them.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing of like trying to avoid the inevitability of the story because, you know, we know what happens to Dathan and Miramir. We know what happens to Ochi, We know what happens to Luke and Lando. But that doesn't mean that it, the is a dead end. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Dathan and Miramir, for example, they don't know what's going to happen to them. We know as, as fans. But they don't know that. So we really had to treat them like they would, doing their best to keep Ray safe Mm -hmm. Um, and they've got plans and and they take action and they're really trying to get away so although we know what happens at the end I like I don't know what the hell do I say it like I'm not tricking the reader but like I'm trying to surprise the reader with things so it's not just following this track Mm-hmm. that everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, we know it's going to happen. So what's the point? Um, you know, Star Wars is full of prequels and sequels. Again, that's part of its makeup, but like it's not. That it doesn't mean that they're not stories that can be told.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I'm um, trying to
2: avoid spoilers. That's the thing. I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's always, always a challenge for sure. Um, And then I guess this is my last question. It would be, um, how do you approach writing characters like Luke and Lando, who've been around pretty much, you know, forever, compared to uh, newer characters like uh, Dathan and uh, Mirmir?
2: Yeah, this is, again, this is like the thing I love about writing these kind of books is because, um, you know, writing a book is quite hard because, well, I say quite hard. It is quite hard. It's hard work. Like, so if you're writing a book of your own, as I do as well, um as things like star wars you know say so it's a hundred thousand words and it's got to be uh you know with a plot and it's got to follow story narrative it's got to be story logic and you have to create characters that people are going to be interested in and the characters have to have meaningful kind of emotional journeys and uh some, you know characters have to some, some kind of change within the story when you're doing And that's over a hundred thousand words and it has to make sense and be well written. And then when you're doing like a star Wars book, you've got all of that as well as making sure that it's set within the universe that people love, that it's the kind of story that fits that universe. And you're using characters like Luke and Lando that people know so well, like people know them better than some people in, in real life kind of thing. It's like these characters have been with us for 40 years people love luke and lando and they know luke and lando so if you if you get it wrong this is with any existing character you get it wrong people are going to know immediately they can they'll be able to tell and then when you get it right it's like they come to they come to life on the page so then the challenge is well you know i create my own characters for something like shadow of the sith whether it's completely new characters like there's one called comat um he's one of my favorites who's completely new but then you've got dathan and Miramir who like they're not new technically because we see them for 10 seconds in rise of skywalker but that's it they've got like one two lines of dialogue and, and they don't really exist mm-hmm. so those are like another kind of original character but not quite um so you have to make them stand up to luke and lando and whoever else you might use people, if people know Luke and Lando, how can you create a character that has the same kind of life, and vitality, and development, uh, who people haven't met before. So absolutely, that's a challenge. Um, and it's one I really enjoy. This is the, yeah, the great thing about writing the tie in, like I did, yeah, I've done Stranger Things and Star Wars now, and I've done others. And it's like make that mix of your own originality with existing material um it's really cool so you know hopefully i've kind of made it work <laughs> it's not i don't know if it's not for me to say but um yeah it's it's really cool and it's like it's a joy you know i'm a star wars fan I'm, you know first and foremost so to write luke and lando and you know r2d2's in it as well like r 2 man he's like mvp <laughs> um
1: the true mvp of star wars yeah
2: and like and this is what i but i was aware of that like i'm writing like okay r 2 d is in this book he's not just a throwaway character side character for kind of comedy he's the main character in the book so he was doing stuff he was like he was taking care
1: of business mm-hmm. r2 knows how to do one thing it's take care of business exactly Uh, So we have a little bit of time left and we already answered the next question in in another one. So I have three specific spoiler questions. So they're not going to be like deep spoilers about the narrative. uh, Just a few things that happen. So if you're listening and you don't want to hear it, I would say skip ahead. Maybe like five minutes, five, five, six minutes, because these are are quicker questions. Uh, So the first one I would have is, um, okay, so we see uh, a flashback of Kadara and Lando having ice cream, uh, and she goes into Lando's closets, and you just get a, uh-oh, as you would with toddlers <laughs> with ice cream. Yeah. Uh, how important was putting that uh, um, flashback into the story and showing Lando in that part? Well, yeah, I mean, really important because...
2: Yeah, it's all very well to say that this has happened to Lando, but that was six years ago and that's it. And he's moved on or he's not moved on, but like, he's doing this new mission. Um, there had to be a moment where he remembered, um, especially because this mission has regalvanized his kind of desire to, to search for her and to remember what's important about, about life and the universe and everything. Um, so yeah he had to kind of have this this flashback which is kind of sweet you know it's a dream the book has got a lot of dreams in it um mm-hmm. you know ochi has a dream um luke has visions mm-hmm. there's a uh there's a lot of dathan uh dreams you know there's a lot mm-hmm. of ground to cover um without just having big exposition <laughs> which is yes. like or flashbacks for no reason everything and everything in there is a, is a reason for being there and that seems like really really cool little short funny
1: scene yes and in and a, and a very sweet moment that was another part of the book where i took a photo of my reaction <laughs> to it <That's> <laughs> uh and i sent it to a few of my friends with no context yeah. um but yeah so so there uh so that moment was one of my my favorite moments another one uh was uh, something that i was like that was on my list i was like okay this is this is gonna happen in the book luke and lando have hot chocolate uh was that something that was on your like outline of things you wanted to do in the book
2: yeah i think it was um and i was kind of wondering about it but then i think when the book was announced people started messaging me saying are they going to have hot chocolate <laughs> so it's
1: like, okay
2: clearly this is an important star wars law that i really need to establish officially and properly and you know it's clearly a key moment for them um so yeah i put it in because of course but uh, without spoiling it like lander it's not the first time landers had hot chocolate Mm-hmm.
1: For for those that don't know, uh, Luke gets la- uh, hot chocolate from Lando and Legends in the first drawn trilogy book, "Heir to the Empire." It was the first time Luke ever had hot chocolate. It was a really funny moment. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah this is gonna happen." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then my my third one would be uh, we get to see a a teenage Ben Solo, and or is he a teenager? Yeah, yeah he's a teenager. Yeah. yeah uh so what was it like uh seeing him at this sort of halfway point of, of his life where he's still a jedi and his interaction and relationship with luke before it turns sour we'll call it
2: yeah um i knew i wanted to put him in but i also knew that he really he couldn't play such a large role um because it would be a bit too sort of obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're dealing with a story about Exegon, or, you know, the Shadow of the Sith, <laughs> and we know what happens to Ben eventually, um, that would be a little bit too too much. But there's hints there. I mean, he's only in the book a little bit, but there's hints there of, like, Luke's relationship with him and how Luke is treating Ben in the way that he thinks a Jedi master should treat their Padawan but whether that is ultimately the right decision or not. Um, Well, like I said, we know what happens to Ben in the temple and Luke. Um, So whether the seeds of it are there in those two little bits, I think they probably are. Um, You know, we see more of Luke and Ben together in the Rise of Kylo Ren Mm -hmm. uh, comic by Charles Saw, which I think is actually it's set after shadow of the sith mm-hmm. uh not by much but by a little bit because it was in shadow of the sith more spoilers you know Ben wants to to go and do stuff and is like no you gotta stay here mm-hmm. whereas in Rise, Rise of Kylo Ren Ben is now accompanying Luke and, Ky- and um Los Anteca, right mm-hmm. uh to look at stuff but yeah it was a cool moment also because again we know what happens to him, but he doesn't know. We know what happens to Dathan and Miramir, but they don't know. Like, it doesn't mean there's this kind of just dreary inevitability about their destination. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of, that whole period, Return of the Jedi to The Force Awakens is like 35 years or something, mm-hmm. um, which is huge.
1: So there's, there's plenty of stories to be told there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so I I, I I could I could talk about this book for a, a very long time. It's a very big book. I think if the thing was uh, correct, it was four hundred and forty-eight pages, pages. I think four hundred ninety-eight pages. Four hundred ninety-eight pages. So it's yes, like it's, it's like, yeah, it's a big boy. Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so uh, absolutely go out and and get this book. This podcast should be coming out on the day the book launches. Uh, so definitely get yourself a physical copy or if you're into audiobooks star wars audiobooks have always been a uh or at least recently have done a great job in productions uh with the different oh, voices yeah. and the sound effects yeah. so i'm interested to hear what uh some of the characters sound like if they sound like what they do in my well,
2: head <laughs> yeah that's funny it's like i haven't heard it um but i mean the narrator uh, william de Merritt is so good mm-hmm I've heard samples of him doing other stuff. This is his first Star Wars book, and like you said, it's a whole production. Um, so yeah, because someone asked me the other day, what was it today? Like, what does Ochi sound like? What is his what is his voice? Because in the you know in the comic, he's wearing a, like a mask in the Vader mm-hmm. comic by Greg Pak. He kind of wears a helmet thing, so it's that kind of classic you know star wars helmet sound effect i guess but in this he's he's not really wearing it so yeah i'm fascinated to find out what it's gonna sound like
1: someone said i think i, th- I think i saw the tweet someone said they imagined Starscream, and that's kind of what i imagined too yeah. but like the live action transformer star scream oh yeah that's what that's what i imagined that's the voice that was in my head yeah that was that was fit yeah um but chris you wanna you wanna take us home
0: yeah, all right yeah, so Adam before uh we uh sign off, are there any projects that upcoming projects that you're working on that you can talk about that you would like the audience to know or um or even any uh previous work that you think you'd wanna highlight that you want anyone maybe who's inter who who you know audience for this book that might be interested in other material as well so
2: i mean i always- re- i mean i recommend my stranger things novel um darkness on edge of town even if you're not a stranger things viewer it's a kind of it's a supernatural cop thriller set in new york city in 1977 during the the power blackout um it's kind of creepy supernatural uh crime thriller Mm. which is really yeah i enjoyed writing it quite a lot And i think you'd get a lot out of it even if you're not familiar with characters because it doesn't matter so it's like a prequel see more prequels (laughs) um and then i've got stuff coming which will show up at some point um which i can't mention and (laughs) yeah there's another book i did called made to kill um, which is about a robot detective in the 19 in 1960s hollywood except he's not a detective he's a he's a assassin but he doesn't know he's an assassin because he's got a 24-hour memory tape which gets wiped every day because this is the 60s and this is the height of robotics technology um but that's a little series i did so the first one's called made to kill
0: nice very cool
1: thank you again for coming on this was great uh definitely enjoyed talking with you here and at celebration Okay. Yeah, like,
2: honestly, thank you so much for having me on, really.
0: And Adam, uh, where can uh, where can people find you? Uh, social media, website, anything like that?
2: Uh, yep, so I'm on Twitter as
0: Ghost Finder.
2: Um, and my website is adamchristopher.me. And you'll find all my books there and links to them. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter way too much, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah way too much um, so yeah come and
0: find me there all right awesome uh chris we got anything else before we sign off
1: yeah no uh, make sure you you get this book i think it is a must read especially if you're a lando fan or a luke fan or a sequel fan and if you're a fan of all three then you're just eating really well with this book uh <laughs> but yes uh until next time
0: Yes. Until next, yeah. Thank you again, Adam. And yeah, until next time. Uh, I always like say live long and prosper because I know it's not. You know, it's not the same thing.
1: <laughs> there are more of us.